0: You know, we, we say that you, you build a community with others, not for them. And at its, like, sort of most atomic unit, building a community is about developing leaders.
1: You are listening to One More Question, a podcast by nice Work, a branding and service design company. One of the things we do best is asking our clients the right questions. This podcast came about because we wanted to share some of the best answers that we've heard over the last 12 years. We talk to significant creators, experts, and communicators who we've encountered, and we share the useful insights, inspirations, and facts that made us stop and take notes as we go about our work. I'm your host, Ross Drakes. Hello and welcome. Welcome. Today on One More Question, I chat to Kevin Huen and Bailey Richardson, who are the founding partners of People & Company. People & Company has a super simple mission, which is to help people get their people together. As a company, they've advised many organizations on how to build communities. They've coached, researched, and participated in hundreds of communities through their work. And they've put a lot of this together in a book called The Get Together, How to Build a Community with Your People. I encourage you to find it on Amazon. We talk about what a community is and why you should, and more importantly, should not invest in one. The key word in that entire statement is the idea of invest. We explore the value of engaged people and why you need to share a common purpose with them to get that to work. And to close out, we advise brands on how they can add value to communities in an authentic way. Enjoy you guys have been teed up everyone's dying to hear your thing so thank you very much for coming on the podcast um unfortunately we can't be in the same room together but um thank you kevin and bailey for jumping on where where in the world are you sitting right
2: now Ooh, thanks for having us um uh, kevin here i'm in the lower east side in new york in a space called orbital in a small phone booth um that i've repurposed as this morning's wonderful podcast studio
0: yeah, to do this transnational phone call, I'm I'm doing this at my house. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin made it into the office. I just woke up. Uh, I'm sitting in my kitchen in Brooklyn. Uh, I do have a semi-professional microphone though, so that makes me feel like this is more more profesh, but yes, I'm in Brooklyn, New York. It's cold here.
1: So you make up for the lack of pants uh with a professional microphone.
0: <laughs> I did put pants on. I try to do most of my All interviews with pants. All that matters is you pants. have a professional uh, <laughs>
1: Okay, that's good. Um, well, thank you. I mean, uh, we know I've been I've been watching the work that that you guys have been doing for a long time. People and company um, doing amazing work. You've published your book all around community and yeah, yeah. The people that have been building these amazing communities around the world. And I suppose the easy question to start off with is, you know, having looked at all these communities, what do you guys believe? Uh, is a community, and, and, and what does that mean?
2: Yeah, I, I can start with sort of the definition. Maybe Bailey can elaborate as she sees fit. Does that sound good? Yeah, do you? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we, we define community uh, simply as a group of people who keep coming together over what they care about. Um, I, I think we prefer to refer to a community versus this, like, idea of, like, building community in general Um, and to break that down it's like one it's a group of people so there's a specific group of humans we're talking about Um, this isn't like an amorphous something else it is really a group of people Uh, and then they keep coming together as in um, this isn't like a one shot in the dark Uh, if like users come to your product and leave immediately like that's not a community if it's an audience that like shows up once and never comes back that's not a community either it's truly a group of people who continue to show up Um, and then it's uh, they come together over something they care about and that's where I think a lot of the magic is for um, whether you're a business or a nonprofit or an individual starting something um, you're trying to get people to come together over something they like truly care about and it differs that could be they are a super fan of Star Wars it could be that they truly care about cooking and you have As a business, you have some sort of like cooking device that they like uh, that they are able to use. It could be some other type of passion, like a physical activity. Um, But they're just these groups of people who keep coming together over what they care about. And the ones that we think are very special are those that enable people to really act on their passions. Um, It's less of a hey, I'm sitting back and receiving info and sort of reading the paper, but they're able to sort of contribute or collaborate with. Um, Whoever or whatever organization is sort of facilitating the um, the community um, that's that's my start Bailey what do you have nothing. to add
0: nothing that's perfect <laughs> oh I did <laughs> <laughs> my like doing mean, voice came out sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I love that there's a few things in there that I, I really enjoy Um the first one I'd like to just talk a little bit about is that idea of about caring um, you know and I think a lot of Mm-hmm. A lot of brands or are, are, and companies are moving into the space of of kind of articulating their purpose and using it as a way of of finding uh, an audience of people that might care about the product or service that they're creating. Um, why why do you think care is has to be at the the heart of of these communities?
0: I think caring about something. One one thing I think that just keeps amazing me, probably all of us is sort of like how helpful human beings are, like how willing people are to help support like kind of like get on a team and and push something forward and I think the people will be really helpful, they'll give extra effort, extra energy if to something if if they have an emotional connection to it if they believe in it if they want more of it in their life if they want more of it in the world and i think i just keep being amazed whether we're working with an in-person community with a distributed chapter-based network of hosts who every month are putting on an event or we're working with like an online forum that's 25 years old and has people who are on there moderating contributing like teaching new people who join the forum what it's all about. I'm just like amazed at the effort people are willing to put into like cultivating groups and pushing forward an interest with other people. But they just won't put that much time in if they don't care about (laughs) the thing they're doing. Like if it's passive, there's just not going to be that kind of activation energy. And we sort of say like fires can't be made by dead embers from dead embers, and you need to have like some kindling, some potential energy out in the world uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna get the kind of contributions or you're gonna see the kind of contributions from a community that you want. And that's when we work with clients. Like one of the things that we do really early on is try to get really clear on what it is about this activity, this product, this brand, this service that moves people that that makes them feel proud of being affiliated with it that get like stokes them on their weekends like we really try to understand that kind of framing that language from the perspective of someone who's uh, a possible community member. we bring them in and and have interviews with them and talk to them about what it is they love about this activity or they love about this space because I think sometimes you know when we sit in offices and do, this kind of strategizing as companies only, we often tend to put those things in our own strategic uh, language or point of view. But often they're like very human, Human, like nerding out, geeking out, like passion points. (laughs) And really that's what you need to get a group of people to like give you their weekend time. Like Kevin used to say, um, like one possible metric for the health of a community was like how much like shower daydreaming the community member does about like contributing or showing up, like, you know, creative mornings hosts like you, Ross, like how much time do you spend in your free time daydreaming about creative mornings programming? Um, but yeah, if, if that care isn't uh, there, I think it's hard to activate that kind of like contribution and thoughtfulness.
1: Uh, I actually carry a little book yeah. around with me and, um, if I watch an interview, <laughs> see a speech, see a performance, listen to a music show, I'm like, ah, speaker. Mm. <laughs> I have, I have yeah. collected my, yeah. my speaker yeah. for the, the next month.
2: Yeah, I was just going to um, kind of illustrate what Bailey was mentioning with the story. We just released a podcast episode. Um, we're on this podcast called Get Together where we interview um, different folks who have started um, extraordinary communities. And we talk to the people at Notion, which is a, um, it's an app. Uh, It's sort of a note taping, note taking slash collaborative workspace app. Um, It's like a, I don't know, maybe they'll call themselves an Evernote killer. I don't know. I don't know if they would call themselves that, but. They would. Kevin 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 would on this (laughs) podcast, he will. You heard it here first, everybody. Um, But the fact is like people find this tool and I just saw it today in the comments. It's like, they'll say like, I am obsessed with Notion. And today Notion has this program called Notion Pros where there are basically super fans super users around the world who host meetups where people can showcase like how they're using notion in creative or very efficient ways they can share sort of um, you know resources online about like how to best get the use out of this tool Uh, and this program started not because the company at the top said hey we need to establish an amazing community marketing plan what happened was they looked and there was a group in South Korea that was hosting a meetup, and they're like, "Hey, we're hosting a Notion meetup around this thing." And then, you know, Notion HQ sees this. They're like, "Whoa, people really like this," and they eventually kind of uh, reach out to the that group of people, and then helped kind of codify that program so others could get involved. Um, but you can't do all of that without existing energy. You know what I mean? Like, you can't fake the funk. People have to really care about either your product or service or the activity you're helping facilitate with that product or service or something else that you can take that magical juju, you know, and then help channel it. Um, But you can't manifest that type of motivation out of thin air.
1: I think what's very interesting in what you're talking about there is these are often challenges that companies try and, and, spend a lot of time and money trying to overcome. They're like, how do we tell people how to use our product? How do we explain all the benefits that it can create? And here's a a company where their users who are are paying to be part of their product are actually doing all of that heavy lifting for them. And Mm. they're sharing in a very genuine, very honest, very open way about how this product is adding value in their lives. Um, you know, I think, Bailey, you were talking about the fact that it's a very active engagement with a, a company and not not like a passive kind of consuming relationship.
0: Yeah, it feels much more like a partnership, I think. Um, you know, I at least I felt that way in the very I was one of the first employees at Instagram, like the seven, seven, ten employees or something before fa- we got acquired by Facebook. and. I was there early enough to remember, like to know that, you know, we just built this piece of software. It was just like code. Like, you know, these guys sitting around me were the ones that are one, zero, one, zero, like building the skeleton ultimately. And it was just so awe-inspiring to see the creative ways people were like filling in that skeleton of code. Um, And it It didn't feel like we were like, oh, you know, these are customers we're doing things for or at. It was like just amazement that these people were putting effort into kind of creating this 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 like amazing content on our platform they they just felt like partners. And I think that sometimes for bigger companies that are used to like like a big sea of customers or audiences like audience sizes that are large, uh, they struggle to see. The people that are out there or identify the people that are out there or like just visualize the people that are out there who care as kind of more of partners. And I think that that's what Kevin and I get so excited about because we had front row seats to seeing like a a business grow through passionate people around the world contributing to it and people that we felt like were our equals and were partners in this mission um and I just really like that feeling. I like that way of, of growing a business.
1: Partners in a mission. I like that as a as a statement. I think it's it's very easy to um what get rid of a, a brand that you're using or a service that you're using, but it's much harder to get rid of a partner or to stop working with a partner. So it's such a lovely lovely thought that. Yeah. So so what do you think? I mean, in terms of you know, there's a lot of people talking about community, like it's this almost the silver bullet that's going to make your company successful and sticky. Um, and there's there's a couple of companies that are, are lucky enough to have these groups of passionate people collaborating with them. Um, what do you think? is the reality of, of setting up a community and, and why do you think companies some companies have pulled it off and others have have not
0: Yeah, I Kev, do you want to jump or no? No, go for it. One of the most Edit. in Mer? Kev? Mer? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> you just yelled something. Oh, I was just try, I was just trying to fake oh, you okay. out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> One of the most interesting stories that I have come across in terms of companies who have made the decision to invest in a community is actually lego so if you're like a lego super fan you you may know about the lego ideas uh website but lego is f- like a f- old company it's almost 100 years old now it was started by like a poor danish carpenter it's still family owned it's still private um and they're the the I think right now still, the largest toy maker in the world. And for the vast majority of their, like, you know, I don't know, almost 100-year-old history, they made toys for their customers. So, you know, they did a private innovation process, designers, fabrication, everything, and then a big reveal. And like about 10 years ago, they launched a product called Mindstorms, which is like Lego robots.
2: And people liked that cool it
0: things. so much. Yeah, there you go. You know.
2: <laughs> Mindstorms.
0: People liked it so much that they started like remixing. I think actually possibly, I need to like clarify this, but possibly like trying to hack the code, but definitely like hacking um, the the product and figuring out new things they could do with it. And the engineers and designers were, at first the lawyers were like going to go in and sort of like sue these people And the development team was like, don't do that. Like These ideas are better than the ones we came up with ourselves. (laughs) And so Lego then, after that experience, decided to start this platform called Lego Ideas, which it started over 10 years ago, and people can submit ideas for a Lego set. And then the crowd can vote on which ones they like the most. And then those sort of like final nominees go through a review process within the company. And if it makes sense to develop it, Lego actually puts those out into the world. And so they've put out like 27 sets of Lego kits from that are like fan ideas. <clears throat> and I think that example to me is really interesting because it I'm impressed by Lego's ability to do something that was not in their their sort of like organizational DNA up until that point which was to decide to trust their customers and to decide to like partner with their customers and they were sort of forced into it in a way because people were out in the world like basically like hacking Mm -hmm. and remixing an existing product but we find over and over again that many businesses were sort of like raised on what I think is a little bit of an old school perspective that marketers, advertisers, uh, like sort of the supply chain is a, an act of just controlling co- like all of your interactions with the customer. like as if the decisions we make inside of an office building about our strategy and like the way to control the messaging is uh, in an echo chamber or like is in a vacuum. And I think that the reality is is there are going to be, like, a lot of people out in the world that are talking about your business or sort of, like, playing with your product in ways that you'll never, encountering your product in ways that you can never completely control. And I appreciate, like, Lego's ability to give up some control and to make a, like, significant investment, right, in building out, like, a platform for this community to communicate, to, like, actually, like, contribute ideas, but it takes first off, first and foremost, the willingness to give up some control. And Lego could have just kept doing like a private innovation process. They could have just like motored on with that. It it, it certainly cost them an investment. It took an investment for them to do this. But I think the result has been that they are able to get a, a pulse of like global ideas of what kinds of Lego kits they could create that sitting in denmark they would they would never have that kind of information otherwise
1: imagine the inspiration that that design team has when they need to build a new product Mm -hmm. even if they're not taking the product verbatim off that idea imagine just being exposed to that level of thinking and that diversity of thinking what that does
0: for their internal team too yeah absolutely
2: to to tack on to that um this earlier thread on like partners in a mission i believe that the original person who comes up with the idea for lego ideas that fan gets one percent of royalties um, on i'm not sure if it's profit or revenue of that product um, and i think that that actual manifestation of ownership is pretty important because the reality when you start to build with your customers more is that um, you are shifting ownership for, like, what your business relies on. And I think one of the uh, reasons, one of the other reasons that companies, organizations aren't able to cultivate a community over the long term is they're not willing or able to sustain that kind of long-term investment of, of continuing to, like, work with, because it, it isn't like a set it and forget it type thing. Um, what, another group that we've talked to is um, the folks that run the Twitch Ambassadors program. Um, I think she goes by the name, Aurelian. Uh, on Twitch uh, but twitch is a platform where uh, people playing games people playing video games and stream um, live and other folks watch them and uh, it's all of these micro communities pop up around a certain game or around a certain game and they uh, both have such a form formidable community of both the you know the top streamers as well as all the uh, the people that love to watch them um, They also have to, the Twitch team also has to uh, be in constant communication with a group of people who have a lot of ownership over um, the success of that company. And, you know, they have that sort of luxury and challenge of a lot of people who care and a lot of people who have strong opinions and feedback around, you know, product changes, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I think that's one of the other realities when you can... uh, I don't want to call it a trade-off because I think it's just a more realistic collaborative relationship between perhaps like customer or user and the company. But you have this—you know—it isn't just your show anymore. As as a CEO, you really do have um, people who are uh, tr- uh, who are not perhaps traditionally now a part of the. Kind of decision making and course correction process for what you might do in the future,
1: and you can't turn it on and off as it suits you. So you can't be like, "Cool, we need the community for the next three months, and then we'll park yeah. it. We'll put it on the shelf until the next time we we need it." It is, I suppose, once it's on, it's always on, and that, that's a good and a and a bad thing.
2: Yeah, and we and some folks that we've worked with. They may have once had a thriving community and due to certain pressures, uh, I'll call it they went into community debt, you know, they invested more, say they had a online product, they invested more in building features focused on revenue, et cetera. And then they've had to deal with the kind of the memory and that debt that they've created. And that's, as you said, they, they weren't able to turn it off. And in that time, things happened, and either sentiment or trust could have been partially eroded. Um, so it, it is, as you said, it's like a constant stream. It's a river, the water flows. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's like any relationship, you know, Kev Kev always likes to make the metaphor to like a romantic relationship. Like these are human relationships (laughs) and you can't just like bomb in on your anniversary once every five years and be like, yo, I appreciate you. Like you gotta like (laughs) buy the groceries and, like, take the trash out and, like, say I love you in the morning or whatever, you know? Like, you, you can't just, like, have punctuated relationships. Like, there needs to be some form of consistency for it to stay healthy. Um, and I think that's a challenge. Like, I think a lot of businesses today, frankly, have pressures that become, at least in the United States, because of, like, the public market and the way things feel like they work here, that become, like, quarter-by-quarter quarter basis, you know? Um, it's just like we need to drive revenue this quarter and then like next quarter again, and da 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 da. And I think a community is really like a long term investment, you know, for some companies, like the loyalty of a set of customers is one of their most like defensible assets, like that, that these people really love. There are other crock pots like the Instant Pot out in the world, like people are going to mimic and copy that technology. But the potheads community that they've cultivated of people sharing recipes with each other for this product is something that makes people feel a very real affinity for this company specifically, mm. and so I think like that, that to me is a very valuable thing for a business, and it makes a lot of like logical sense when you're able to see your business in the long term of like what's true value, what's a true asset. Um, but like I think a lot of companies get fixated on trying to drive revenue in the short term and that that means sometimes moving investments like investment the money that you would put towards a community and those relationships into something like a brand new feature or a big you know commercial ad campaign um to just drive short-term revenue and and people sort of like chopping block the community investments but it's like cutting off a limb you know like it really I think can put you can put you at risk to lose this like asset of like core loyal customers, which, um, you know, I think a lot of people focus on just brand new users, brand new purchases, but uh, the asset you have of compound interest of like existing people who already care about you is, is very, very valuable.
1: It's hugely powerful. I mean, you can't, you know, that shared ownership is something that you can't replace. That's, uh, it, mm. it transcends price. It transcends yes. all these things. Um, if someone buys mm-hmm. in and they buy in hard, in for the long term, so it makes it almost yeah. impossible for a competitor to step into that space and, and take it away. Yeah. So so now we've sort of discussed, you know, this is the idea of, of a company building its own community and fostering its own community. How do you see brands being able to step into existing communities that they didn't necessarily build or create? you know what what if what if the, the successful and the unsuccessful interactions you've seen when sort of brands try and move into these spaces and and what is the almost the dna of what a successful version of that looks like look like
2: i i've one main piece of advice for a brand wanting to meaningfully not just access but like contribute to a community partner with one Uh, And that is, um, do something that leaves the community better than you, let me say that again, do something that makes the community better after you leave, uh. I think thinking about sometimes these partnerships and sponsorships as like a value exchange, like, okay, I'm going to give you money and then you give me access to your people or you show my logo in these places. Not to say that those things can't happen from like a sponsorship perspective, but what's at least from like a community perspective to me to be a good community partner means to make the community better in some way, in some way that that community could not do alone in some way that your company can uniquely like make that community better. Um, one example, which is um, sort of like an early example. I was just doing um, some office hours coaching yesterday with a woman named uh, Nitika Chopra who started, uh, I th- believe it's the first chronic illness conference called Chronicon. Um, so she's an advocate for people who has chronic illness. She does. She's, yeah, I know, um, and she's uh, uh, she's dealt with sort of chronic illness her entire life, um, and she wanted to organize truly a like a celebration, a nourishing uh, conference with you know almost three hundred people um, in New York around this, and this is something that she could have pulled together herself um, in a like very bootstrapped way, but early on. Um, an organization called Healthline, which is type of a, a web MD, kind of a, a website media company that has all sorts of health related stuff, sort of noticed her early on and were like, we want to help you make this happen. Um, and you know, I, I can't I'll probably won't go into too much detail, but it wasn't just cutting a check. You know, it really was putting behind some manpower and caring about like the event experience and really making it happen and kind of being a partner in that process. Um, I know not every single brand will be able to like identify. Oh, this is something like early that they haven't done yet that I'll help them do. But I think that spirit of hey, if we if we don't step in here um, and contribute in a meaningful way, like this won't happen, relates to this idea of like go make that community better. Go leave it. You know, when you're gone, when you that when you're no longer working with that group, if that ever happens, like is that community going to be better off? Um, Rather than I think uh, in many cases where it goes wrong is if as a partner, you um, sort of just try to extract value when you're there. You're only there to be like, hey, I only have my goals. I want to like hit these metrics. Like, how do we do that? Um, I I really do think trying to create more value uh, and not just like trade is the way to go. And people's
1: um, bullshit filters are exceedingly finely tuned.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, I think
2: yeah, I I think we can sniff these like oh, uh, you know, so and so is sponsoring this and like tr- and it's really just here to show up and pretend like they are like a uh, a part of this group. I yeah, I think more and more um it just comes down to like, yeah, what can you do together that you couldn't do alone?
0: Yeah, do and we- I think the thing that I'll add to that is I I definitely think it's really important to see yourself almost as, like, fuel to a fire, you know? Like, you, you may not be able to start the fire, like, by yourself, but if you see a little spark out there in the world, like, what can you go do based on the resources or skill sets you have at your business to, like, feed that flame? Um, so I think sometimes that means adding a... a a capacity and ability that the community couldn't have by itself. So to go back to that Lego example, they made a website where all of these different people who like love to come up with ideas and models for Lego kits could connect to each other and could submit those ideas. Like no one in the community probably could have built that the way that Lego could have. And so I think there's this understanding and, and maybe another example is I love YouTube a few years ago they made a video called Life in a day, day, which is a film of clips of recordings from people all around the world on the same day. So it was like June 24th or something. And they made a film of like hundreds to thousands of different YouTube users, like little moments from their life. They, edit, they received all the submissions. They edited them. They, like, did, did kind of took all of these inputs from people all around the world and used their skills and their resources to make something that the community couldn't by itself. And so I think that ability to, like, kind of add value um, is a way to put fuel on the fire. And I also think structure is sometimes a way to, like, put fuel on the fire. Um <laughs> Like weirdly, <laughs> like Kevin talks a lot. It's not
2: weird. You have to, you have to have There you go. To build it, like yeah.
0: You don't like have all the different, like, I don't know, pieces of wood, like strewn about, like they're all in one place or something, <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah. there you go. Keep I going. don't know if that metaphor works. Um, <laughs> but you know, Kev talks a lot about, uh, how can you make sandboxes for people? So they have enough constraint that they know what's like asked of them or what 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 they need to do. Um, they're not like completely muddled muddled by mud, muddied muddled um, by all the possible options of how they might be able to contribute or show up. Um, there's like a little space for them to play in, and within that space, they can have ownership and be creative. Um, but I think that like people understanding, for instance, Twitch, this. Uh, this like live streaming site that's absolutely blown up. People were hosting meetups organically and Twitch was sort of like, you know, same, same sort of like corporate typical corporate response. The lawyers were like, we need to shut them down. Like they're using the brand assets and representing us in a way that we don't know how it's going to go, blah, 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 blah. Like, let's just shut this down. And the community team there was like, "Wait a second. Are you crazy? Like there are people in places where we're going to never have an office hosting monthly meetups around our brand and our product. Like this is incredible. and the 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 space that they moved into was just like, how do we make that How do we make like sort of the rules of engagement of doing that like like clear?" and also like easier for people to do. So the things that they've done are like make the brand asset information really clear, make rules like you can't charge for tickets. So someone can't just be like making a ton of money off of like the Twitch brand, like hosting some kind of like fake, not official event. Um, And they also have like built a meetup platform. So, you know, Twitch users can find each other and can find official meetups that have been registered through them. So I think that that's also a way sometimes like a company can add value is to besides just um, or can add add fire to the flame fuel to the fire um, is by helping people like structure the ways they can contribute and and just like building sandboxes for people.
1: Well, firstly, I think Add Fire to the Flame should be the title of an album or a song or something
0: like that. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: that's our band name. There we go.
0: That's the next, that's the next evolution Partners of people on a mission. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fire to the Flame.
1: Um, I, I love that idea of using the resource that that you as a brand or a company have that the community might not. Um, it, you know, it's, it's such an interesting thing because it's you know we've talked about earlier in the podcast about how you can't turn a community off and and potentially sponsoring or partnering with a community is a softer way of a company engaging with a group of people and they don't necessarily have to commit forever they can say well we're going to come in for the next couple of months and we're going to build this platform for you you know and we're going to get involved and then when that's over we're going to you know sort of Go back to our, our, our normal way of living but it i think the community will always remember it you know you've mentioned that i'm a creative mornings mm-hmm. host there hasn't been a partner that that has sponsored or, or partnered with creative mornings that's left that i think left a bad taste in anyone's mouth because they were while they were there
2: mm-hmm.
1: they were super generous i mean adobe's just stepped down as a global partner and you know they've they've continued to offer a lot of the value that they they initially contributed just on a smaller scale as i think a way of of transitioning out of that partnership and i I think it's a very Mm. genuine way of of coming in doing a project doing something getting what you need out of it giving people what they need out of it and saying thank you very much and and moving on and it also I suppose doesn't close the door to future work or collaboration.
0: Yeah. And doesn't erode all of the goodwill that you like accrued (laughs) through your previous investments. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I think we've seen that, like Kevin said, community debt. The the interesting thing too, is the energy will go somewhere. Um, So we've seen examples, which like NDA, so I'm going to try to try to not say exactly what this is. Um, But we've seen examples like in uh, like sports, sports marketing spaces where you know around a certain sport a company has invested a ton to like get people in different cities together doing that sport and totally like kitted people out created rad spaces and experiences and then had uh you know for budget reasons for strategic reasons like taken the money out of that program and those people are still meeting up and they're still like some you know sometimes doing it under that brand's Name And sometimes not at all, but the, the community, like those relationships keep going and like the people's passion for that activity may keep going. Um, and so I think like you're saying, like, you're not just like cutting and running or like leaving a bad taste in people's mouths. Like, um, it, that's the one like really damaging thing you can do. If you have to just like sidestep or step back for a little bit, like communicate clearly about that and do it gracefully. And mm. you may have opportunities in the future to like come back. Um, but the the real mess up is like just bailing and not communicating or like not transitioning away. Um, but I, I think, yeah, you can't, sometimes you can't turn off the, the community even if you want to, like it's going to keep going. So know that when you start. <laughs>
1: But I also like that if you go in there and, you know, like you said, you contribute something very specifically, like if you've set up that space and you've set up that team and you've built that platform, you don't have to maintain it anymore. You know, like you've set it up. That yeah. is your sort of contribution. You can step away yeah. and let the people step up and, and maintain it and and take it over.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where having a really clear understanding, you know, we, we say that you, you build a community with, others, not for them. And at its like sort of most atomic unit, building a community is about developing leaders. So um, the creative mornings example is a great one. Like you are fully able To like run, you know what you're doing running Creative Mornings in Johannesburg. Like, you are an autonomous unit in many respects. Like, you figured it out. You have the skills and assets to do it. (laughs) Yeah, sort of. (laughs) But, you know, that you're a leader. You've been developed. Like, you can teach other people how to do this thing. You can keep doing it yourself. You, like, have that skill. Um, And I think if people, you know, design community events as something that, in many ways, they're like completely integral to. Like, the company has to be hosting the events. I actually wouldn't necessarily call that a community. Like, um, like the communities, like, have to organize themselves in some senses. But most urgently, I think, for a business, it's, like, not sustainable. Like, say that community grows to, like, thousands of chapters all around the world. Like, you just can't financially support that. So no. you need to kind of, like, design it as something in many ways that can uh, be run autonomous of you. That's sort of the power and beauty of of a community.
1: I think that's a, a lovely thought to, to lead into my final question for you guys. Um, Bailey, I know you have to jump onto another important phone yeah. call. Um, what are some communities that people should go and have a look at? Like just give us your, 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 your best of list of communities mm. that, that people should go and have a look at just to get a sense of the power and, and awesomeness that these, these things can bring.
0: I'm gonna go first and then I'll I'll cruise out. Um the I'll give just like Mic drop. two really yeah, and then <laughs> I'm gone. Um I'll give two really quickly. I think you know, we're talking about a community in a pretty holistic way. Like I am interested in studying um a local basketball team, like a local bridge club, as much as I am like Twitch's like hundredth person ambassador program or um, you know, the World AeroPress Championships or the super user program at YouTube. Like, I'm interested in in any form of, like, this, any format. Um, and, like, I think one thing that gets me excited on the less, like, professional side of this is this group called Roo Crew in the United States, which is up at 190th Street, uh, which is really far north uh, in Manhattan. And it's... The most diverse group of people I've ever put my body in the middle of, I think, um, just people speaking all sorts of different languages, different skin colors, different body types, different ages. Like, there's like a a woman who I think is a grandmother who who's in crew, and they just run five mile or three miles together every Monday night. Haven't missed a Monday night for six years, and I think in the world we're living in it's just really powerful to go spend time with people who are different than you in like a positive benevolent space and it's changes everyone's life who goes and is a part of that. So I think, you know, one of the more social urgencies around community building, intentional community building is for us to get exposure to people that aren't like us or, or, you know, are living a different life instead of just the people we see at the office every day and Ru Crew for me is like incredibly moving um, for that reason. Like how welcoming, how warm, how benevolent it is um, and how diverse it is. So that, that one I would say just has a ton of soul. Um, and there's great videos and stuff of them you can find on the internet. But from the professional side of things, I think the community that I've been the most impressed by recently is, is Twitch, who we've talked about a number of times. And I think that's because I had an experience working at Instagram, which was like a digital platform community that grew to an incredible scale. And I think I'm always sort of like, man, you know, a lot of the investments in community building as Instagram grew just shrank. They were sort of like unjustifiable within a company like Facebook, which is sort of scale and data focused. And Twitch is at an insane scale as well and they're owned by Amazon and when I hear the things that they're doing to invest in their gamers and the way that they really value the feedback that they get from from their community and how much they're doing to make sure people feel heard and like find new talent, feature them, even though they have like literally a million people on the site at any second, like it's a huge scale. That, for me, has been, like, really wonderful to hear. to hear about a company that has done this. It's, in the, it's the reason why they succeeded in the first place, and they've kept the investment of, like, building one-on-one relationships with people who are streaming to audiences on their platform. And Aaron, who, Aurelian, who runs community at Twitch, just kept saying in our interview, like, a small rock can make, you know, a ripple too. And we're like just wanting to make like a lot of healthy relationships with different users. They think those like ripples add up, um, and I really appreciated that. Um, I that. I'm gonna. I'll
2: just plus one Bailey suggestion. <laughs> <Cool.
0: laughs> <laughs> well,
1: well, I mean, thank you so much for for contributing, and um, you know, I, I think it's lovely that you guys are, are in, in a sense trying to to figure out what the what the DNA of these things are because I suppose your your legacy will be all the people that use this information to, to build something bigger than themselves and make all the weird things that we have no way of even conceiving of where they're going to yes. end up and go. So, yeah, thank you so much.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us. And thank we you. Will,
1: yeah, we'll catch you in the next one. Enjoy the rest of your day. Um, I'm going to go home it's the end of my day so i'm going to go home and take my pants off now Um, you guys unfortunately have to keep yours on for the rest of the day so so thank you very much and we'll catch you in the next one bye-bye thank you for listening we believe sharing knowledge is an obligation so if you know someone who would benefit from useful insights to stay relevant in the world of creativity brand innovation technology and interacting in this new world please share this podcast with them on top of that, we welcome feedback, good or bad. So if you've got some, please reach out to us. One more question is brought to you by the people at NiceWork, a branding and service design company in Johannesburg, South Africa. If you would like to chat about the challenges you're facing, reach out to at www.nicework.co.za. We release an episode every week, so please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're really old school, hit us up and we'll make you a mixtape.